0: We don't do this for fame or fortune, people. Why do I do this? It's a very good question. Here comes Frank. Let's ask him. Everyone,
1: go.
0: It's already been gone. Put the mic on his face. Oh, Frank! 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 I feel like I'm on a roller coaster here.
1: Sorry, Malia, I'll turn sideways. How that happens when you log on the cell phone for some reason? It's yeah, you're sorry. all good. Hey, Frank, are you, the, uh, are you? Uh, are you? Sorry about the vertigo.
0: No, you're okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Are you an undercover cop as well?
1: Yeah, I, I transport prisoners <laughs> to the county. <laughs> It's 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 a dog car. It's got oh, no okay. back seats. Okay, got the
0: girl. Yeah, I get that right. question
1: a lot. What in the hell are you driving,
0: man? Oh man, who you got back there? You know, hopefully not huh? some fourteen-year-old girl. That would be bad.
1: <laughs> that would be bad. Yes, that would be bad. <laughs> yeah, what I look like? Matt Gates? Come on, man.
0: <laughs> oh baby, I tell you what, the whole Democratic Party probably could. Uh, you know, you could have said that about.
1: Although you just talked
0: about a Republican
1: yeah matt and matt is his his uh his a uh, friend is you know cutting a plea deal so i have a feeling he's going to be doing some time
0: is that uh epstein oh no is that G- Jelaine maxwell
1: uh no no um no it's uh, matt gates of course congressman his friend yeah who I, know was, who, uh, I know
0: who he is but I don't, I don't know who's under trial for for that i don't know why it's not being uh, well, covered so much
1: yeah the um tax collector but that county that was his, was his friend, I'm sure he's not his friend anymore, uh, pled guilty to 12 charges, I think, and it wants to, didn't want to go to federal prison for too long. So he's, you know, he's ratting him out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so both Republicans and the liberals, I guess, are dibbling, dabbling on underage illegal activities.
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, mostly for, see, republicans is mostly sex democrats mostly money i think generally okay. well because you know democrats tend not to grow up with money and republicans often grow up in a repressive kind of a you know uh sort of a conservative religious background so you know you forbidden fruits so for democrats it's money for republicans it's often sex
0: mm, i hear that so you i hear you have a southern accent yourself where are you from
1: originally North Carolina, born in Raleigh, went to school in Chapel Hill. All
0: right. Well, I'm here in Cornelius, North Carolina, so there
1: we are. I'm sorry, man. Dear God. <laughs> Is that part what? of a plea bargain of some kind? Uh, no, not yet. No, but, I, uh, I uh, grew up there, went to school there, wouldn't go back there on a bet. No? I uh, mean, I go what? back to visit, my family's there, but I wouldn't live there again. Yeah. But what didn't you like about it? uh mosquitoes humidity and republicans (laughs) (laughs) that's why i'm in eugene man it's the people's republic of eugene come on
0: i hear you all right but that can get more
1: liberal than this
0: Uh, it really doesn't not not it 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 gets it's so liberal my brother doesn't even want to talk about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know portland uh yeah, I joked that uh, they don't let you pump your own gas in Oregon, which is good, because I'm such a liberal, I'd burst into flames. So.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Hey, uh, so let's talk about your, so I was talking about this when I was talking to myself, whenever you cut off, because that, you know, I wanted to keep kind of the show going. But you're (laughs) (laughs) a good boy. I was like, I don't know how Bill Burr does this on his podcast. He just talks to himself and he's just like, it just feels so strange that you're not, you're talking, but you're, you know, you're pretending somebody's listening on the other side,
1: you know, at the time. Well, you know, Bill's a comedian. I'm a comedian. I have, I have uh, done many a one nighter where there's six people in the audience and 200 chairs. So I'm basically talking to furniture. So it's not that difficult for us. To talk to nobody and just keep it going.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I kept it going. I don't know. Maybe I'm a comedian at heart. I try. I, I just never had the balls to uh, to get up there and do it. And that that was one of the questions I had for you too is, uh, you know, which ones you get the most butterflies for? You get like for an inspirational talk or for a comedy show? Which one? Which one gives you the most butterflies before it?
1: Actually, neither. Uh, the only time I get nervous is. Like the, I've done six TEDx talks. And, you know, TEDx is, there's a time limit and the video, and you can't back up, you can't stop. Like in a comedy show, you can stop, back up, you can ask the audience, what was I talking about?
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> TED talk, they don't really want you to ask the audience, where was I? Uh, so why is that? Nervous. Why,
0: why is that then? Why can't, why, why is, what's the difference in uh, mood, I guess, or? Uh,
1: well, you know, the TED Talk is, um, it's an idea worth spreading. So you're being generally, generally serious. And it's kind of like doing a television show. If you do the Tonight Show or, you know, or um, one of those, you you start into your routine. There's no stopping. There's no backing up. You just have to keep marching ahead, um, even if you make a mistake uh, or forget where you are. You just have to say something because the cameras are rolling. Mm. Uh, where singers can stop and go, I can't hear the music. And they can back it up. But mm. comics, they don't give them that, you know, I forgot where I was. Too bad. Keep talking. Yeah. Millie Vanilli really messed that up, didn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Good looking guys. <laughs> the yeah, man, they,
0: they were. Well, yeah. That was a good song. Blame it on the rain.
1: Yeah, I don't, uh, when I speak on suicide prevention, um, I don't get nervous. I mean, it's because I i, I have two mental illnesses. They're more nuts in my family than a squirrel turd. And so it's in my DNA, and it's and I you know and I'm, I'm helping people, uh, you know, uh, so it's it's I, I rarely get nervous. Yeah,
0: I did. I uh, I didn't know exactly how to tackle this. Did we go to the comedy first? Or did we go to the you know super you know serious conversation? Which is like I don't know which you know, and I kind of wanted to mix it a little bit of both. I can, you know.
1: I could. <laughs> well, I, I would I, go with I, comedy first.
0: I, I would go with the comedy first too. Uh, so, but I, I don't know, so some of these, some of the jokes that I came up with, I was like, I eh, don't even think about asking that because that's just, you don't know how it's going to hit necessarily, you know what I mean?
1: Oh man, you can ask me anything, I got no secrets. Um, oh man, all right, up. well if you were going to commit
0: suicide, which one, which way would be the best way to do it, you
1: know? Oh yeah, with a gun, uh, and yeah. Um, yeah, and hydroshock hollow points, uh, yeah, because there's no, there's no, you're not going to be, <laughs> you're not just going to get gimped out. That's what I'm saying uh, you, you don't.
0: That- ma- yeah, you don't want to mess it up. And I and I was watching some of your stats, and I, I think one of your stats was a million attempted, and only thirty nine thousand actually succeed. So that the like it, people are pretty bad at, at at doing that. If you're taking the if you're taking the numbers,
1: right? yep. And some people get depressed. I had a friend up in Portland who uh, shot himself in the chest, shot himself in the heart, and woke up in the hospital. He's like, man, what a loser I am. I can't even kill myself.
0: Yeah. Well, that happened uh, in Castaway, he, too, right?
1: Remember? Yeah, I mean, it happens quite frequently. Um, you know, and you, you talk to people who are depressed and suicidal, and you hear about somebody jumped off a five-story building, and the, and the, the other depressed people suicidal go, five stories? Man, what was he thinking? You can walk away from that. Uh, you need to go ten at least. you got to hit terminal velocity, oh, you know, coming down. Uh, yeah, so no, it's, uh, well, three times as many women attempt as men. And so men more tend to, more women attempt than men. Yeah, men tend to complete because they use a firearm. That's why they tend to, you know, make it work. Okay. So, yeah, but three times as many women actually. You know, pills, razor blades, things that where you could actually change your mind, call nine one one, somebody comes rushing over, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: What What made you wanna? want to do that. I, I heard a little bit of your story a little bit like uh you had some uh a trauma a trauma basically where your uh I think it was your your grandmother maybe uh she was uh or your great or your aunt or somebody uh, great aunt yep in the refrigerator uh and she yeah, and fell, you, on, you fell have out a, on me fell out on you yeah did that did that attribute to to you wanting no. to
1: no it's in my DNA it's called generational depression and suicide it's we're just hardwired for depression and thoughts of suicide and it's not a it's not i mean a lot of times it is an early childhood trauma or trauma that causes leads to the depression and then suicide but in my family it's just uh you know it's in our dna okay
0: now is uh no i was gonna ask you this two things one you said you most of your family members were on antidepressants my question to you was do you think that that's the answer to depression or is that a cause perhaps that an unbeknownst cause like it maybe it, maybe it seems to help but it doesn't in the long run.
1: Uh, I depends on the person it's um, in our family it's, it's a good thing because you know it's not like we can choose joy or pull ourselves up our bootstraps because again it's in, it's just the way we're wired and. My advice to people is if the antidepressant is not working, they now have a cheek swab DNA test where they take your DNA and they try to match it with the antidepressant that works best with your metabolism. So there's a lot less experimentation going on. You know, go on, you know, it doesn't work, taper off. Go on, it doesn't work, taper off. So it's getting better. Um, and in my case, I take, uh, I, first one I took, it worked. It's not a tremendous amount, just enough to take the edge off. Um, there are situations where somebody's horribly depressed and a salad. And you give them an antidepressant and they get up enough gumption because they're on that antidepressant in their lives because before they just didn't have the energy to do it and then all of a sudden, well, I feel a little better I just go kill myself. So there are circumstances where it can be dangerous to give somebody who's terribly depressed and suicidal a particular antidepressant you said by you said take the edge off how do you mean by take the
0: edge off i know if you're you know a little bit stressed you want you want to take the edge off drink a little alcohol i'm sure that this is completely different but how, how do you mean what is it what what do you what do you need to get your mind off of what is your mind like during the times where you need the edge taken off
1: uh you it's um it's you know it's a it's a it's sort of a deep sadness. It's almost a physical ache when you're cycling down with depression. And the antidepressant makes it so that it, my my cycle is about three days, go down the first, flatten out the second, come back up the third. It shortens that cycle from like 72 hours to 48 hours. And it doesn't happen quite as often when I'm on the antidepressant. So it's just enough, you know. And I've been through it so many times that I know When I start to cycle down that 72 hours later or 48 hours later I'm going to be coming right back up so that's that's the benefit of being old and having gone through it so many times the problem is for young people who that happens to and they haven't been through it a lot and so they when you're depressed you tend to think in the immediate and your thought is well it's never going to get any better than this I'll just kill myself but I know it's going to get better in about 48 or 72 hours you know I'll be flying level again I'll be fine for several months and that's the now the suicidal part of it, the the ideation that I have, it's just a solution to problems, large and small. Car breaks down, car broke down a couple of years ago. I had three thoughts. Get it fixed by a new one. I could just kill myself. That's just the way my brain works. Always option three has a solution. It's a coping mechanism. And it actually helps keep me alive because suicide is not so much about wanting to kill yourself as it is wanting to end the pain. And because I know I could kill myself at any time, I know I can end the pain, you know, on my terms. So I can stand a great deal more pain because I know I could bring it to an end anytime I like. So ironically, my chronic suicidal ideation helps keep me alive.
0: What, what is the pain? what what is the pain that you're feeling is it is it guilt for not uh doing something in your life is it uh pain that somebody else caused you could it be a a mix a number of things what specifically for you i guess
1: uh, actually with chronic suicidal ideation it's often not situational i've been most depressed and suicidal at some of the best times in my life it's just again that psychic sort of you know uh sadness why bother you know, uh, it will never be any better than this. I can't go on feeling this way. But again, since I've been through it so many times and I've already agreed with myself that I can kill myself anytime I like, I can stand the pain because I know it's, you know, it's gonna come to an end in a couple, three days and, you know, life goes on. But if you're young and you haven't been through it a lot, that's when it can be very dangerous because you don't understand that, you know, it's a, a friend of mine says, depression is is just a visitor. It comes and goes.
0: If I believe that, that thought I, I believe that because I believe in the spirit world. Now here goes to my next question. yeah, does does religion or being religious or not have any influence on suicide rates?
1: Uh, it depends. Um, if you are, let's say, Catholic and you firmly believe that if you die by suicide, you go to hell, then it may in fact, keep you from dying by suicide because you are worried about you know what comes next by the same token i'm an atheist i don't think anything comes next so it doesn't have any religion has no impact on me whatsoever i'm not somebody said to me if you killed yourself you'd have gone to hell i said look dude i was already there hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. and don't well, get me wrong i wish there was a hell because i got a list of people <laughs> that I would love <laughs> to send <laughs> you know get a ticket for uh, but no i'm I, I but i do believe in some circumstances religion um faith and if somebody comes to me and they say, look, I'm suicidal, I'm gonna leverage whatever I can to keep them alive. So let's say they're strong in Christ. And I know this. Even though I'm an atheist, I would say to them, Well, have you prayed on this? Well, have you talked to your minister about it? What do you say, you, me, and your minister get together, we'll form a team, see if we can't tackle this. So I, I leverage whatever I can, whatever their their beliefs are to keep them alive.
0: But if you're but if you're an atheist. And you and you believe that them uh, would that would end the pain. Then what is the reasoning behind you wanting to help them stay alive and stay in pain?
1: Well, stay alive and the conquer the pain. Maybe with time and treatment, things will get better. You just have to take the time and get the treatment. And I offer you, I'll help you take the time. I will help you get the treatment. That's why I said let's talk to your minister, see if we can't form a team. Anybody they respect. Anybody that cares about them that's willing to join the team and help keep them alive, at least for the day, you know, just let's, let's make a plan to keep you alive just for today and then go from there. Uh, because if they've not killed themselves yet, there is undoubtedly a reason why they are still here. And that's what I say to them. Look, you're going to kill yourself. No. OK, well, tell me why not. I make them give voice to whatever's keeping them here. Friends, family, animals, whatever it is. Otherwise, they'd be gone. So there's something holding them here we just have to figure out what that is and again leverage that to keep them here and keep them safe until they would you agree that what's keeping them here is love uh it may be it may be love of family it may be you know uh um, it may be they have animals they're worried about what's going to happen to them when they're gone it's um you know whatever it is that's keeping them here is what we need to leverage to keep them safe until we get them some serious you know professional help and medication are you
0: are you worried at the slightest that if you let's just uh, or, or do you worry at the slightest or do people not just you i'm saying uh, people that are that are under the same thing uh yeah. that if they do it there is a spirit world and that they will still be in that same pain but now it'll be an eternal pain is that is that is that is that a fear i mean i would you know, as a religious person myself, I would fear that that okay, that would be the double that would be the double whammy, right? That would be the pie in the face. Yeah. Like you're like, all right, I'm ending this. No, it's forever. That's right. right? Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but I yeah, you know, no, it's uh,
1: you know, I have the benefit of not believing there's anything after this. That you make your own heaven or hell right here on earth. So you know, uh, sure,
0: but there's there's not a, a, a one minuscule I like there's not one inch of thought that hey, what if there is an an eternity out there?
1: No, I just don't i you know I long ago decided it makes no sense to me um it's it's to me, it's just you know historical fiction at best and mythology at worst um it's just something that humans created to get through the night. It's something that the religious outfits created to control the population um so yeah, I just think I I just I I find it amazing that people in this day and age, otherwise intelligent people, believe in sky wizards. It just, you know, it just they think there's something out there that's all powerful that gives a damn about them. I just find that amazing. But you know, I mean, I, I don't begrudge if it works for you. Hell, I, you know, um, knock yourself out. I don't I don't uh, disrespect you because you believe that way. You know, but everybody's I, got their
0: sure, sure. But I but I also think there. But what, what then at, by that same token, what makes you care about anybody else? If there's not anybody that cares about us, what makes you care about everybody else? What gives you that drive to even care? If nobody cares about us, then what gives you that particular drive to care about somebody else, I guess is my question.
1: Well, I care about other human beings. Um... But why do
0: people care about other human beings if there's not anybody that ever cares about us? Why, why were we born? What was our purpose? So there was no, so there there's nobody that cared about us, us being born, and but we care about other people? How how does yeah. that, where did care come from?
1: Well, it's something that you know it's in my it's in my personality. I I I care about other people. Uh, and you know, I don't believe in the Bible, but Jesus, a friend of mine, Kathleen Madigan, a comedian, summed up the mm-hmm. New Testament this way. Jesus said, I'm leaving, I'm coming back. Be good to each other. So I believe we should be—you know—we should leave the world a better place than we found it. We should be good to each other. We should care about each other. Uh, you know, if I can help, tell my story and help someone not in their lives, or which it happens all the time. Um, my job is to go in, speak about suicide, share my story, be vulnerable, and it gives other people permission to give voice to their feelings and experiences around those things which is is oftentimes what it takes to keep them going is that so, what
0: keeps you alive but given other people the inspiration to also stay alive
1: oh yeah it's um it's my purpose it's my passion it's 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 very therapeutic um telling my story and helping people so you know there is there is that i do get quite a great deal out of it besides just a paycheck um and so, yeah, it's 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 it's. I'm feel fortunate. I found my purpose and my passion, and it's something that I can do for a living.
0: You you don't believe uh, that that was your purpose given to you by God?
1: No, because I don't believe. Yeah, I just don't believe. You know, the Bible doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's have misogynistic. You, have, you, have you read it's it? Colloquial. Yeah, oh yeah. It's colloquial. It's you know. It's very. I believe there was a flood uh wherever that wherever that was mount ararat but i don't believe the entire world flooded and most world religions have a flood story you know most world religions have a hell now in in the middle east it's very hot in the scandinavian countries it's very cold see and, and there's really no good practical advice in the bible if god knew everything why didn't he tell people look put the outhouse below the water source not above it would have would have saved millions of people from waterborne illnesses but there's no real practical, thats that sort of advice in the Bible, uh, life advice like that.
0: So Yeah, I don't, I don't well, I haven't read the, the entire Bible, you know, but I have, I am in, well, I just was a newborn uh, Christian. Uh, I was, and that's similar to you because I grew up Catholic. I, I believed in there was a God, an almighty being. I believed in that, but I didn't believe in Jesus uh, being God and the son of God and God together and and now i do and the only reason i believe that is because i saw uh the other side the demonic side i saw i saw those guys so i was like well if those guys are real he's got to be real <laughs> so and, you uh, gave uh, up the heroin uh, gave
1: up the heroin and
0: uh... Uh, it was uh, it was <laughs> it was meth
1: <laughs> yeah that. yeah i find that oftentimes people trade uh, addictions uh, i gave up math for jesus okay all right i get that I well
0: yeah i only did it because i saw i saw them and i did not want to hang out with them for eternity you know and they were ready for me i'll leave it at that let's go to a lighter a lighter note you were a 20 years writer for tonight show yeah Uh, My question to that was going to, congratulations, by the way. I I don't know if you enjoyed that or not, but I'm going to say congratulations anyway. Oh, yeah. That's a a headline, you know, uh, line. Uh, But I did want to ask you this. Have late night talk shows become more political recently, or has it always been that way? I never realized that it was so politically driven, necessarily where now you get the Corbett Report where it's like they have these dances with all these people coming out in vaccine outfits and talking yeah. about the vaccines and things like that.
1: Uh, back in the day, uh, Leno was very middle, middle of the road. Back in the day, you could actually make jokes about both sides and get away with it. And nowadays that's not possible. Um, if you make jokes about, even if you try to stay in the middle, you know, make jokes about one side, then make jokes about the other side, you're gonna upset 50% of the people in the audience um it used to be you could agree to disagree yeah well it's changed quite a bit and most comics are liberal um the there are very few comics who are conservative uh, dennis miller was liberal and he saw an opening i think wow there's hardly any conservative comics i can make a lot of money on that side so a great writer funny guy he just he made the jump to the to the right and uh i'm sure for business reasons and it's done very well but there are very few most comics are liberal and so most late-night television shows are hosted by comedians. Therefore, it's probably going to be a lot of, um, you know, a lot of liberal-leaning comedy.
0: Does it have anything to do with the uh, who's controlling the media, meaning, like, uh, where the money's coming from? It is-
1: no. What it has to do with is truth. Uh, if it's not true, it's not funny. You can't get people to laugh about something where they don't believe the premise. And so the, um, you know, the... The right wing and the right wing media, I I would say the they're they have a tenuous relationship with the truth, um, and so there that's why you know there are very few conservative comics because you know if the if the audience doesn't buy what you're saying selling if it, they don't buy us the truth then they're not going to laugh. So.
0: Is Joe Rogan? Uh uh Now considered, I know he was liberal before he moved out of California. But now that he's moved to Texas, is, is he now considered in the comedic realm as a as a Republican, a conservative uh, comedian?
1: I wouldn't know. I don't know if he's a Republican, but he is a conservative comedian. He's anti-vax, anti-mask, um, and you know Greg Gutfeld and Dennis Miller, and I I really can't think of any more comics that are in on that side of the aisle. Yeah, uh, the vast majority are liberal. Yeah,
0: what? Yeah, he, he's an interesting one because so what would you? He was probably the most popular person in the on the planet right now. I would say.
1: Well, he's very popular. Podcast, yeah, podcast. I mean, who does three hours of podcasting? They're god. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's extremely popular, uh, and you know the the there's a reason there's six or eight hundred right wing radio shows because the left wing is so diverse, it's such a big tent, so many different groups of people whereas the right wing is almost monolithic that's why it's far more popular with advertisers because they have a huge slice of the population that pretty much feels all feel the same way so it's easier to advertise to them that's why rush limbaugh is big and and tucker carlson is huge is because they you know the and the republicans are great at messaging and the de- democrats suck at messaging and so it's um yeah, it's, the Re- Democrats are much bigger tent, all kinds of people, whereas Republicans are, you know, it's pretty much a large group, do single-minded.
0: That, do you think that uh, because uh, uh, the Republicans tend to be more religious, they tend to be more straightforward in their thinking, they only think one way, not many different ways, is th- for the reason that they have a more unified message because it's family- religion and the nucleus uh whereas liberal is uh lgbtq plus it's uh yeah, you know you, you, the you, you can yeah. have you can have a baby if you're a man you can you know if you're a woman you can compete in men's sports even though you are a man yeah. because you transitioned to, you you see you see how uh, uh people are de- not i don't want to say crazy but let's just say uh, misguided in so many different ways why would why accept so many different things versus having your uh, one true belief what do you, i mean obviously you're democrat but do you, f- yeah. and you and you said it yourself that it is a flaw of the democratic party that they don't have a unified message that thus not being able to gather All their tribes right around you know their message.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's why there aren't many liberal radio shows uh, because they just they just don't attract advertisers because there's not a large enough you know group that thinks the same way. Yeah,
0: but isn't that called mainstream
1: media? (laughs) Well, yeah, and and, and late night is really the mainstream media. And late night, Fox, Fox, the eight hundred radio, six eight hundred right wing radio stations, and then Fox is huge all over the world. Yeah, uh, by way of satellite. And so, yeah, they're, the the left wing media is not necessarily the mainstream media, uh, you know, because they're very popular shows. You don't think on, so? And, no, and, I mean
0: NBC, is, ABC, C, those are all democratic, uh,
1: liberal uh well msnbc leans leans way to the left cnn tries to be somewhere in the middle which i think is a bad business decision because you know it's uh msnbc is doing very well not as well as fox you know uh Ruper murdoch said decades ago i'm not going to make opinion fit the news i'm going to make the news fit the opinion that was his belief and it's made him a multi-bazillionaire uh, I was brilliant. Um, Roger Ailes said to Nixon, what we need is Republican TV. He was decades ahead of his time. Republican TV didn't appear until Rupert Murdoch created Fox. So, I mean, it's again, Republicans are great on messaging. I mean, they they stick to the script, the talking points. If you listen to you listen, you hear the same talking points all day long from different people in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Democrats suck at that. Uh, they can't put anything on a bumper sticker. You need you need <laughs> it to be on a bumper sticker. You know, short, sweet, and you can understand it.
0: If you were to make a Democratic bumper sticker, what would it be? Would it be that That's, joke? That joke about the nuts? They there's more nuts in the Democratic Party than there is in the chipmunk poop. squirrel is bird? That? Yeah, something like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's they're just broader minded. They're just like I said, it's a big tent. They take in people, you know. Um, I mean, the Republican Party is is generally Caucasian, generally um, you know Protestant, um, heterosexual. At least that's the way they uh, appear. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, probably more closeted uh, folks in the Republican Party they are in the Democratic Party because they don't want to come out. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: that's probably true.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, because that's, that's not something that everybody in the Republican Party is looks favorably upon. Um, Again, there, I think what's going to happen, but the problem is that, that the population is shifting um, from white to brown. There's going to be the majority eventually, a variety well, of brown folks.
0: Yeah, and that goes to my next question, which wasn't even a question that I had, but I'm going to ask it, is what are, what are your thoughts on the border crisis and the fact that they're letting everybody in through the southern border? They're not paying, they're not there's no mention of it on the mainstream news or anything like that, but they're letting them in. And now uh, Biden just went down to Georgia to uh, plead this uh, uh, new deal. Uh, I forget exactly what it is, but it's called the John something, something, something. Uh, and it's Yeah, John Lewis voting rights. Yeah, yeah, and it basically allows illegal immigrants, which are pouring through the Southern border right now, uh, to be able to vote without even no. having to
1: have an ID. Yes, no, yes, that's yes. not true. No, it's not true. It's, um, and and then what is it? that is why do, why do Republicans hate voting? Well, they hate voting well, because Well because they, they're they gonna, know that because more, the Go more ahead. people vote, the better chance Republicans are going to lose. So they're restricting you know, they're, they're cutting down the number of voting places. the number of days you can uh, you know you, the number of pre-election voting days, um, they're making it much more difficult to vote in all the states where they control the legislature. They passed 20 or 30 bills. The Democrats are? The, or,
0: the, or, the, or the- No, the, the, Republicans, the are, Republicans are- The Republicans are making it harder to vote? Yep, all over yeah. the
1: country. Uh, yeah, because yep, they're... because
0: they're, because the Democrats are letting, well, I don't wanna argue, but I, because the Democrats are letting illegal immigrants- That's not true. Vote. That's absolutely that's, not true. You, what what is that legislature that's not, all about then? That's, no, I mean, help that's me understand, because I don't know. Okay. I, Okay, I don't, I, I yeah, I, maybe I don't understand it. Explain to me the legislature or what that bill means because from what I understood, it was that you don't have to have an ID to vote. That was basically no. the. No, they
1: you know? just want to make a, federal, make a federal, they want federal regulation on voting so that um, in a county where they had seven voting places, the previous election, they want to have one. Where they uh, won't let you give water or food to people in line who are voting. Um, where they make it more difficult to people who voted by mail. Um, if you don't vote by mail in a couple of years, then you lose the ability to vote by mail. So they're 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 trying to cut down on the number of people who vote because when the more people vote, the more chance that the Republicans will lose. They don't want people to come out and vote. Um, it's but just so it's been dude, that way.
0: But do illegal immigrants get to vote? Is that no. part of the bill?
1: Are you sure no, that's not part. Of- yeah, I'm, 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 sure. I'm sure they're saying it on Fox. I'm sure Tucker Carlson's saying that. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm,
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear from that particular uh, source from Fox or whatnot. But I, I have well, heard it, and I, and I, and I have listened to both sides. But that, that is part of the thing that you do not have to show voter ID. You do not have to have an ID to be able to cast a vote. That is that uh, is part of the thing.
1: Yeah, I think you'll find that's not the case. But I understand that the right wing media wants you to believe that. Um, you know, it, Here's the thing: the Republicans do very well, sure. um, and the Democrats don't understand fear. Fear is a great motivator. The, they're coming across the border. They're gonna. They're gonna. The gays are gonna convert your children. They're gonna take God out of schools and everywhere. But they're not
0: talking about any of that in any of the mainstream media. And so it's not fear because it's not being uh, broadcast.
1: To it doesn't have to be it, it it's it's broadcast on the right wing. they're, they're they want to motivate the base and the way you motivate the base is you make them scared uh these people are going to come to the country take your job the, the gays and lesbians are going to turn your children into gay and lesbian. the um they're taking god out of everything the schools and everything else uh it's it's a it's brilliant i mean it, it gets people to the polls it's how you it's how you get people to come to the voting booths during the bush administration they had a guy who spent time putting gay marriage bills on the um the ballot in uh in battleground states making it saying they're going to make it legal for gay marriage because that brought out all the republicans to vote against it so you get much many more republicans coming out not so much to vote for the republican candidates but also to vote against gay marriage i mean it's the republicans are very good at politics the democrats suck out loud and, uh, and I think in 22, the Republicans will take back at least the House. And I think Trump's going to run and a, a Republicans going to take the presidency in 24.
0: Well, I don't think that that's that they're not going to let that happen. I don't think the Democratic Party is going to let that happen before that even happens. I think that they're going to so, something's crazy is going to happen. Either World War uh, Three is going to happen or. Uh, some kind of just crazy terrorist attack that they're going to say is uh, uh, inter- they're going to shut down the internet and shut down operations they're not going to let
1: that happen <laughs> man you are yeah that's uh, well yeah. hey well, you know, man, well, the republicans got a you know a former um, uh, reality show host who's you know um, Donald yeah, I don't Trump like him me. either.
0: I don't like him. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't, I never have. I, I don't. And I and I have never been a Republican either. And I'm not Republican. I'm I'm a liberal. I was a liberal until COVID happened. And now it's just like if you don't want the vaccine, which I don't want the vaccine because I caught the thing and you know, adverse effects. This is one of my questions that I was going to ask you about as a person that has had a uh, a heart problem in the past, major heart problem in the past. Well, obviously I know your thoughts, but it doesn't scare you at all that one of the side effects of the vaccine is to get inflamed heart, which is called myocarditis?
1: No, uh, because they've given tens of millions of doses and there's only been seven or 8,000 adverse reactions and 75 to 80% of the people who are now catching COVID and being hospitalized and dying are people who are unvaccinated. So, the you know it's it's a, it's a it's an epidemic of the unvaccinated. Um. All right, let's
0: go. Let's go back to comedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I gotta run, man. I gotta pick up my dog. So uh, yeah, I got one me, last question.
0: Yeah, let me finish with one last question. Let me let me see which one's the good one because I got a couple. Hold on.
1: All right, pick uh, your best one, man. Take your best shot.
0: All right, here we go. All right, let's ask this one. Why do you think there's a link between uh, comedians in general, but talented comedians and depression?
1: Oh, uh, because I believe that, and I did a whole TEDx talk on this, because I met so many people who are mentally ill, have a mental illness, who also have some mental ableness, uh, a special talent. I believe that I'm not broken. I believe that my depression and thoughts of suicide are simply the flip side of my creativity and imagination. I mean, there's a reason that I think funny is the reason that I can take a heckler down without even thinking about it, people go, That's a great heckler. How'd you come up with that? I don't know, just came out of my mouth. I have no idea. Um, I believe that it's you know, it's a it's like a blessing and a curse. Uh, the curse is the mental illness, but the the blessing is my sense of humor and imagination, creativity, the way my brain works. You know, same wiring, same brain, got to be you know, the same. So I don't think I'm broken. I just think I was made this way. And I think a lot of comedians, the problem comes in when there's an unbalance, imbalance. Like Robin Williams, I think, was bipolar, lived with bipolar, but was not medicated. He self-medicated with drugs and alcohol for years. And you just get to a point where, you know, his body was failing. His heart, he already had a heart valve replacement. He had something like a Parkinson's-like disease affecting his memory and his muscular you know, it's muscles and it just got to be too much. And so, um, so I think there's that, there's that fine line and balance between the mental ableness and mental illness. And sometimes it just tips one way or the other.
0: I I, I get to, I wanted to ask you one
1: more. Is that okay? Sure. The last Yeah, one? man,
0: last one. absolutely. What are your thoughts on the recent passing of comedy great Bob Saget?
1: Oh, nice guy. Actually, he was a doorman in the world of comedy when he was headlined the Comedy Store and met him several times. Um, he, a lot of people don't know, Bob, the Bob you saw on America's Home Videos and Full House was not the Bob comic. His show was just... Nice. I mean, it was dark and sick and it was funny, well-written, but man, was it dark. Um, people got surprised. A friend of mine mm-hmm. went to see him in the Bay Area a couple of months ago. He sent me an email. He goes, dude, I saw my Second. what happened to the guy, the dad on full house. And what do you mean? He goes, oh, my God, the comedy was just so dark and dirty. And was it funny? Oh, it was hysterical. But it's like two different people. Yeah. Uh, and he raised twenty six million dollars for scleroderma, which his sister died of, uh, which I thought was, you know, he, he took that on as his cause. So he was by all reports, a good guy.
0: Well, I watched his podcast. His podcast was, I I feel like that that was the real him in that podcast. He was a super sweet guy, super sweet. Uh, and, uh, I I actually had another guy on a podcast too, not super famous or anything like that, but Bob gave him the, you know, time, you know, Bob's such a big star to, uh, interview him, you know, even though this podcast was like a nothing and it was, uh, it was amazing. Uh, Similar to this, you know. So I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you expressing yeah, your man. views. I, I I'm happy that you were able to take uh, you know, uh, the stances that you took and we were able to, you know, at least talk about it, and even though we didn't agree on on you know specific <laughs> Yeah, we didn't agree on much did we? Which is funny because I thought we were with the, with your with your southern accent for North Carolina. Oh yeah, we no, I get that a lot. To... Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh I uh, wish you the best, and uh,
1: thank you so much. Hey, man, thank you for your patience with my AT&T visit. That's what I got to. <laughs>
0: hey, did you get it
1: fixed, by the way? Yeah, I turned it in, got my credit, so we're good.
0: All right, man, that's that's good. All right, have a good one All out right, there. All
1: right, man. All right. We'll see you. We'll talk to you. Bye.